Welcome, welcome, welcome to this week's episode of the Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. And I'm Vance B. Uh, and this week we have to be joined by my man Ryan, my brother, is actually joining us this week. And this week, it was so much fun. Vance picked a great one. We uh, revisited Juvenile's second album, 400 Degrees. Let's go. What was the creative process when y'all were doing 400 Degrees, man? I'm, I'm, again, we didn't even know we was doing 400 Degrees. Right. You know, you were um, just doing records. Exactly. Right. The, the title, the, um, the, you know, the direction we was going to go, what kind of album it was going to be, we didn't do that. We just made records. And I think that was the good part about it. We didn't have a direction of what kind of album we was going to make or what fan base we was chasing. We just wanted to make good music. Degrees was released on November 3rd, 1998 um, by Juvenile. This was his third studio album on Cash Money Records. Um, it was it had followed with four, three singles, Follow Me Now, Ha, and the infamous Back That Ass Up. Um, and this album was extremely The Negro Special. This was an extremely successful album um, and it really put Cash Money um, in a position they'd never been before, which was to the point where they started to be, build superstars. And Juvenile was probably that first superstar. Um, as we get into it, Vance, before we kick off the songs, Orion, what are some of your earlier thoughts about the album? Let the guests go first. Oh, Ryan, what were some of your early thoughts about the album before we start dissecting and really get into it? Oh, okay, cool, cool. So, um, man, the album itself was released at the absolute perfect time. And I think that a lot of times for classic albums, great albums, timing is something you have no control over. 
But if you release a great album at the wrong time, it gets slept on, reasonable doubt. If you release a great album at the right time, it really, really, really pushes you into another stratosphere. And I think that in order to appreciate 400 Degrees, you really have to take into context what hip hop looked like at that time. Um, before 97, there was 96. 96, Tupac got killed. All of that gangster shit. We were really, really tired of hearing that. And the culture shifted to the party music. Bad Boy took over, dancing in the club, shaking jig. There was the Jiggy era. And when the Will Smith records came out and everybody got their flashy suits on and shit, we all got so tired of it real quick. That shit got played out real quick. Fast forward to 98. Man, the impact of 400 Degrees was that <clears throat> he really brought some down South gangster shit back onto the scene. And that music had been being made for quite some time. You really got to give credit to Manny Fresh and the uniqueness of his production style. All of these things put together created the perfect storm for what became 400 Degrees. And not just 400 Degrees, but Chopper City in the Ghetto, the block is hot. It was the perfect blend between have go out, have a good time, be goofy, enjoy yourself, and some real street shit from the South. You always, it always feels good to get that Southern twang in it. So yeah, man, 400 Degrees was definitely a great album that just so happened to come out in what I think is one of the greatest years in hip hop, 1998. That's 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 good to that's good to know, man. Um, and I do agree with you. Uh, I do believe that timing is important. While I was doing some research about this, uh, I remember we we were actually doing Project Pat, and I think that was actually released in '99, right? Like, I think at this time, this was a time when you started to see artists from the South begin to kind of rise from like that underground realm and kind of break off into the national at the national form. You know what I'm saying? First, you had Outkast. Then um, 3-6 broke out with Mystic Styles in 94. Uh, and then as you continue, like you started to see more Southern rappers show up. And at this time, Cash Money, like they were still trying to make a name for themselves. But you can already see that Juvenile has had like some history in the, the, the at least at the very least, the local game. He was already making music with uh, DJs like DJ Zimmy. Um, and he was just making music on his own over bounce beats and and rapping at different uh, events and battling and things like that. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know if he actually battled, but I heard like an interview where he talked about like his older times and, you know, about him rapping. And I also heard some of his older stuff while I was listening to this album. Uh, but going back to it, I think this album was very pivotal, not only for Juvenile, but for Cash Money Records as a whole. Um, I think when you look at you, it's easy to look at back that ass up itself and be like, hey, this is the biggest or huh, and say these are the biggest songs off of it. But yes. to to analyze it deeper, this was the album that only put cash money to the mainstream with uh, back that ass up. But it also kind of set the tone for how cash money was literally going to run the late 90s and the 2000s and also leave a legacy long enough to get to the 2010s and even now in some cases. So yeah, this is a great album, great piece of history to look at. Um, and I'm really excited to be, you know, doing this with the homie Ahmad and the homie Ryan. 
Appreciate yeah. that. So with that, um, let's get to it. Ryan, you go first. What is one of your star favorite songs off the album? Yo, uh, I want to start with, I want to start with um, Welcome to the Nolia. Boy, mm. oh my goodness. Yo, woo. Mm. At the time, and, and you know, looking back on it, the, the whole, that little bass line he does where it's ding, 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 ding. It's so fucking simple. It's so fucking simple. But it sounded so great because it was so simple, but nobody had ever done that shit. So welcome to the Noya. I, I wanted to start with welcome to the Noya because um, that was an album cut. It was not a single. And like for me, I remember everybody rocking that shit back then and i remember that just being the shit and then also you know because hip-hop is so competitive you can't talk about bring about cash money's legacy without mentioning no limit and what they did beforehand and um you know i remember because we always compare artists i remember mm. people comparing turk to silk the shocker man mm. that verse mm. from turk where he spit, he spit the first verse and then the hook came in and then he came back with another fucking verse. The yeah. next verse was even better. I had to deal with the bitch. Catch him down bad and put some steel on the bitch. Let him know that this young nigga ain't to be fucked with. Two time I come through one time and you get in your way split. When I release, aiming straight for your top. Nine stop, holler purse, nigga. You gon' drop the mag, know your chest open up. Glock told her up, fly sober up. Down for a murder up. In the rover, chopping you down. Put your sets up, nigga. Represent that uptown. Working with these little boys, I'ma kill ya. You don't want me out, you, you know I'm a gorilla. I've been trying to get way low in the mud. Rolling on the streets and used to running with thugs. Nigga, you fuck with us, you gotta fuck with me, what? Where's you gonna be when the box is the mud? Now make me come down there and show one of you bitches. Now make me come down there and blow one of you bitches. You ready for ammunition when I be even in time. We have been in jurisdiction by the turn of the night. Move back to the chest, move to Jeopardy in your life. Like me, you guys, man, it's on the disc for the hell of life. That shit was so ill because once again, no guest artist was doing anything like that. I don't even think, I can't think of a song right now where a guest artist has back-to-back verses. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, that, that was, was tough. And the verse was hot. Yeah. Niggas was fucked up. I had to deal with the bitch. Catch him down bad and put some steel on the bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I remember... Turks you know, we, like, yeah. we were like, yeah, ain't nobody from No Limit spit like this no more, bruh. These niggas got that. These niggas got that. And then also, if you listen to the song, though, the cadence in Juvenile's flow. At the time, he was a young cat, but the maturity it took for him to switch that flow in the middle of a song was so, once again, nobody was doing shit like that. No, I mean, it was really just the freedom of being on an independent label. You can do those type of things and push it out. If you on Def Jam, you got all of this cookie cutter shit, make one street song, make one club song, da 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 
so yeah, um, Welcome to the Noia was definitely one of my favorite, favorite, favorites. Um, what was you about to say? I was going to say, I like the fact that you brought in the fact that, um, you know, they, people try to compare uh, Turk to Silk to Shaka, because I actually think that this song influenced the, the, the new No Limit, not the old No Limit. I think the, yeah. the old No Limit was inspired by like more Oakland kind of music. So like yeah. they had more of like that Oakland bounce or like the different, uh, not simps, but like the different keys that they use and the way that they produce the, the beats for like mm -hmm. old No Limit stuff, the old school thing. But by the time they already got like, you know, big and uh, Master P kind of restructured the old No Limit just due to the fact that like members of the group, you know, were either passing away or going to jail, like see murder. When he made the new No Limit group, you could kind of see this, this original sound that Cash Money has made kind of be influenced with the new No Limit sound and like the album Game Face. Because like when I was listening to this, like that four count sounded familiar. And the crazy thing is, I haven't heard the I haven't heard the full version of this album. I I know how significant that it, it, it is, but at the time I was just too young and my dad wasn't gonna let me play this shit. <laughs> but like when I was always able to go to my cousin's house, she had all the No Limit shit. She had the Silk Shocker, she had Sea Murder, she had the old Master, old Master P. And then um, around the time I was able to kind of buy my own shit, I, I heard Game Face from multiple sources. And like the sound from that album reminded me of this song. And I kind of feel like it's vice versa. I feel like this song and the original sound that Cash Money had at the very base became what No Limit was trying to do after they already had success. You know, they were already successful. It was like, what kind of sound are we trying to look for to kind of get the people around our group on? Let's go with what, you know, Cash Money has made at this time. And this was one of the songs that uh, kind of signified that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel like, and that's an excellent, excellent point. You know, now that you brought that shit up, that's a really good. I never thought about the fact that they borrowed from each other's styles, but it's true. That's what it is. That's that's so true. I think that's that cultural influence, where it's like making music in that same era, that same area as well. Yeah, plays rolling and pushing that influence out. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on that one. You got anything to throw in there, Aki? I really like this song. Uh, it wasn't on my top three. Um, but if he picked five, it would just be advanced. I definitely would have picked it. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the beat. I love that uh, the skit beforehand and how it was like the club. And then on this one, you could hear the club in the background. Um, that's just, uh, you know, Manny Fresh was going crazy. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, just to me, this is one of Turk's best verses. Um, yeah. I don't know what it was. I don't know what yeah. it was. One thing Juvenile said in making this album, he was like, you know, it was just us trying to uh, just make records, just make records. And this, remember now, you got to remember, this is before, this was recorded before the Universal deal. Mm -hmm. So they was riding on this being a success. I want to talk more about that as we get further into it. I know certain songs really cemented that deal and cemented, yeah. cemented cash money. But we got to remember, this is before, this is, I really like Soldier Rags. I thought Soldier Rags was phenomenal. It might be better than 400 Degrees, but mm. this, 
like this was one of those fun songs uh uh it was different it was insane. it kind of gave you that uh the crunk vibe that three six club vibe with the yeah. fight noise but the verses is different like turkey his verse juvenile like you mentioned already vance was the the change in his flows oh man it was uh I, this is a fun it was a fun song it was a creative song um and i, I think uh yeah, they give Juvenile his, his props because if you listen to this and you listen to Soldier Rags, you can see how he kept, he always, not always, but he was trying to get creative with his flows. Um, and that led to probably his big one of the biggest, biggest songs ever. Vance, since you picked it, you get to pick the next one. All right. My first one, surprisingly, is not going to be cliche. It is going to be Follow Me. Oh, I like that song. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, I'll fuck nice. with this shit, bro. It's, first of all, the beat is like first, like it's crazy how many fresh crafted this into like I think he had crafted this entire this entire album, right? Correct? Yes, me, he right? did. Yeah. yeah, he did. So like when I was look, I was looking at like uh, of course uh, hip hop evolution because they could they actually take the time to go in depth about the whole uh, cash money scene and how it rose from. The New Orleans local scene, the, the New Orleans local scene, and the New Orleans bounce scene, and like how Cash Money was actually created, and the fact that he was able to kind of pull off the the the, the diverse array of sounds, even though it's still based upon a you know the same structure, is really fucking good. And Follow Me Now completely solidifies that. The reason why I say that is because like when you first hear Follow Me Now, it gives you like a real. Uh, how should I say this correctly? Latinx, Latinx flow? Like it sounds like a salsa. It sounds like yeah. a salsa. Like ding, do, do, do. Yeah, like it gets was the Mexico making beats. What the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Low key, low key. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I'm just chilling. But <laughs> but yeah, like when you like when you hear it, like like you you it, it gives off something that I could hear in the background of um all about the menu. Like it has that 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 you know that that Latino that Latinx kind of type of vibe, and then all of a sudden that beat flips, and then it just start going on the one two. And that shit is hard. I want me a meal to see just how it feel. No worries about no bills, negotiating deals, buying me some shit, stunning this bitch. When is he on here? Everything legit. I don't want no wall, but I can take it far. Put bullets in your car, whoever that you are. Oh, they get in line. Man, gee, you ain't gon' shine. We be slanging iron every day and every time. Just cause I'm a bad, I rarely have to dead. When I get upset, to niggas, I'm a dread. Keep on getting blowed. Ain't worried about these hoes. Boy, you know that's cold. The way I got them drove. Shining like white diamonds. Nothing but big timing. My situation climbing. Just simply cause I'm rhyming. This shit that hit the band. They calling me the man. Y'all boys don't understand. This shit's going this plan. Now, follow me now. You can roll it on. Salute it easy. You carry on. You can try me, give me 50. You can do it wrong. I'm into weapon. I control it all. And also, this reminds me of like the whole No Limits vibe too. So this was like a, a, another stand uh, a standout for me because I haven't heard this song before. You know, listening to this album this week, and I was like, okay, I could, I see what you know, I see what do be fucking with at this time. Also, if you do the bar count, it's a long both uh, both the verses are long verses. 
Yeah. But all three verses are longer verses. But it doesn't feel that way, the way the song is constructed, because the course is shorter. So it doesn't feel like it's long and it flows better with the beat. The beat is phenomenal. It did not sound like nothing, no limit or cash money was on at the time. It sounded like Miami. It sounded like a Miami record. And yes. one thing Juvenile said, because you know, before this, before Cash Money, Juvenile was already popular in New Orleans. He did a lot of bounce stuff as a kid. He was already well known. Yeah. So he was like, um, you know, he didn't want to make bounce records. That's why he didn't even want to do back that ass up. He didn't want to do that because it felt too bounce. Nah, because, and you know why? Because I came from that kind of music. Mm -hmm. You know, the bounce music was, she, as she'll tell you, that's pretty much the whole scene in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want to get sucked in like everybody else. So I was trying to avoid that as much as possible. But sometimes- You thought it was going to be local if you did it. I, I really, my intentions was to do, when we when we originally done it, that's what it was for, New Orleans. Yeah. But it went somewhere else, so now, you know. That's why you listen to this album and Soldier Rags, he's straying away from that sound because he wanted to like rap. He wanted to make rap songs, not bounce songs, because he felt like bounce songs could only be popular in New Orleans and not, you know, make them to a broader audience. So I think it's really interesting when you think about that and think about a song like this, because this does not sound like a New Orleans song to me. It definitely sounds like a Miami song. So props to uh, Manny Fresh for making a beat where a rapper can flow over it. And like you said, I love the bar count when he first coming in. The verse you literally just said from the beginning yeah. part, um, the way he broke it up different and he used different words to rhyme and break it up and go to different rhymes that was really creative. Yeah. Um, props to Dreamy, man. This is a, I'm happy we got to visit this and this is a lot of fun. So how you feel about this song? Follow me now. I love that shit. I remember they dropped the video for that joint. This was the first single, you're right. Yeah, so I think, I've, I've always felt like Follow Me Now and the Lil Wayne song, who he also had a video for, representing Catch One, Respect Us from The Block Is Hot. It's the same fucking beat. No, it's not. It's not the same beat. I swear. I remember, I remember arguing with people back in the day. It's the same goddamn beat. What's what, what Lil Wayne song? Respect yeah, Us. I heard the keys. The keys are different oh, okay. from Follow Me. Follow Me has more of like a piano, like a longer piano. This one seems more based off of like xylophones and snare drums. Two different beats. But ain't nobody rocked the, the xylophone like Ja Rule did, nigga. <laughs> and also it's faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I can see how like they tried to get that same type of flow because, you know, I don't know. Like, it would be cool to find out how they made, you know, what inspired more of like these Latin inspired songs. Because if we see this in both Lil Wayne's The Block Is Hot and then see Follow Me was like one of the original songs, it's kind of interesting to see where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's just Manny Fresh pulling stuff out, pulling stuff out of nowhere. He always has some craziness happen. Uh, I think I think it's my turn, right? Um, yeah. My song. I wanted to go with the obvious choice, but let me not. I'm All gonna right, go with uh, uh, "Gone Raw with Me." Okay. Um, so this song, um, I forgot Juvenile did this song, right? So when I was uh, gone, when Nipsey died, and I was going back, like making my favorite Nipsey songs playlist, he has a song over this beat, where they kind of like sampled it, but for the most part, it's the beat. Um, it's the same song as Nipsey, YG, and uh, RG, Mr. LA. And it was like, oh yeah, I forgot uh, Juvenile had this song. I went back and listened to it a while ago. And I was like, man, I really like this song. Because it just, when they use it again a couple years ago, it just felt like it was like timeless, just the way the beat sound. Um, but anyway, I like this song for several reasons. Juvenile is like storytelling in a way, right? Um, the verse is literally like him just like, going through the project, shit like that, and like telling you different tales and shit that mess up and go with them. I'm charging 600 for some big O's. You do business with me, you coming back to get more. My shit is fire, cause it's jumping back to 29. So a nigga shouldn't have no problem by me getting mad. If you come to me with a show, I'ma say shop clothes. Kind of like in Howard, he was like witnessing, considering niggas and virtue, observe you, hurt you. I thought that was really kind of cool how he was using the same word, doing different things. Like not a regular rhyme pattern, but like tell like a whole sentence, then with the whole name. Like he was like elongated the rhyming, the rhyming bars. Um, yeah, I like the song. It's my song. It's my shit. Mm-hmm. It's All right, so cool. cool. And it's a hot song. It's, it's a solid song from a solid album. I say this is also a good song with uh with a young Lil Wayne. I think yeah. well, of course, this Wayne is completely different from the Wayne that you know became to be. Um, this one has a faster rhyme pattern. You kind of see um little hints of his style kind of kind of uh implemented in his rap verse, but mm-hmm. it's not it's not there yet. You can see that he's still developing it. But he still has that old school cash money flow, and I love that shit because like Wayne not on this song. Well, run for it. No, I said ride with me. Oh right. Oh shit, I fucked up. My apologies. Okay. I'm like, yo, he got the version. Don't have a Wayne on it. <laughs> My apologies. Oh, go on ride with me. Okay, all right. Yeah, who going ride with me? Okay, okay. Hold on, I'm switching the song up. That's the one when I liked it. Oh yeah, hold up, nigga. Oh it's shit, cool. it's cool. Who gonna ride with me? Ooh, yeah. me, nigga. What? 
<laughs> Do a hard with me. Yes, yes. Did it right. Shit. Okay, sorry. Yo, it felt like a Tupac. Yo, it felt like a Tupac song. Yes, it did. Yes, yeah. it did. It felt like a Tupac song. The hook, I could hear Tupac rapping over some, some shit like that. It just it felt like that vibe. Like, who gonna ride? Like, where you at? Where your loyalty lies? Shit, get real. Where you at? It felt like one of those songs. And uh, it's very vivid on New Orleans. He's rapping about yeah. some New Orleans shit that's like, wow, all right now. So yeah, yeah, that 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 chorus is is cold too. I like that chorus. The way that he mm-hmm. was able to kind of sing, rap it, which is yes, pretty yes, sick. like that's something that like Judy's been able to do because he doesn't have, um he doesn't in a couple of jumps like uh mm-hmm. one of his verses in slow motion and then also what's the name of that fucking song? the rodeo? I Ro- love that song even though it's by R. Kelly. I love the fuck out of that song because it like talks about like the whole strip club scene, like the shadowy mm-hmm. sides of it. But you still see hints of him kind of sing rapping either some parts of his verse or the chorus itself. Like I, I always like that fact. And you know, I picked that up with this one when I kept hearing the chorus. It's very dark, even though it has like that 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 faster beat. But mm. shit, man, it, it still knocks in the car and mm-hmm. it's still very vivid. You know, uh, juvenile is really about that shit. I was about to say genuine, juvenile. Really, no, genuine. not genuine. <laughs> nigga, genuine be spitting, yo. <laughs> All right, so Ryan, it's your turn. The next one. Whose turn is it? Yours. Your I'll come back around to me. Okay. Yo, uh, I mean, and here we go with the cliche shit, but it means so much to me, man. It really do, yo. Ha! I, I know you don't say that. <laughs> I gotta go with Ha. Like, yo. like, yo, Ha is so okay. <clears throat> All right. I don't know how much time I got. <laughs> but Lord knows. So, yo, my homeboy, when I back, I'm I, back when we lived on Kitmore, my homeboy used to record the little WWF Monday Night Raw for me and shit because niggas ain't had no cable. <laughs> so, look. When look, when the shit would go to a commercial, he'd turn to the to uh you remember the box? Yeah, yes, yeah, niggas had to pay for videos. Yeah. <laughs> so look, he switched to it, and then the hot video was on there. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> this shit is crazy. And then I think you guys might have to fact check me because this could be a different time. But the Hot Boys We On Fire video was also, it could be a different time where he recorded it for me. But uh, I remember having both of those videos on VHS tape. But like, yo, for me, the Ha video was so amazing and so captivating. That is what made me want to make films because I was like a zombie looking at the video. I was so immersed in the New Orleans projects and the culture of it. What he was saying sounded fly as a motherfucker. 12-year-old me didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. But it sounded like it was smooth as a bitch. And all my friends at school was talking about it too. So um mm. and but let's let's get into yeah, let's get into the actual song though. Charge, huh? Your dick got hard, huh? When you was looking at them little bros, huh? You don't know when to quit, huh? 
just the general idea of being able to tell a story where you're posing questions. Nigga, what? <laughs> Nigga, what? Like, what? That's like, I tell people like, yo, hip hop is a reflection of black genius and ha is a reflection of that, my nigga. A whole song where and when you really listen to it, though, he's talking about his life. He's talking about juvenile. He's talking about uh, uh, Lil Wayne's life. He's talking about BG. You got niggas. I forgot what he said, but he when he said niggas around you, that's on that dope, huh? He was talking about BG. BG you know what I mean? But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as the lyrics go, shit was fucking amazing, yo. It was unlike anything at that time that was out. Because remember, at that time, it shifted. New York was back in charge running hip-hop, and everybody was trying to emulate and rap like those niggas. So, yeah, and, and the production-wise, man, nothing sounded like what Manny Fresh did. Yep. The number one back then, the number... Like, right now, if you are an independent artist and you start trending on Twitter... My nigga, you made it. You made it. You go viral right now, and that's how it is. But back then, yo, if New York embraces you, that's it. That's like 75% of the battle right the fuck there, my nigga. If you can get New York to love you, and Juvenile and Cash Money was able to do that with that lead single, Ha. Huh? So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, um... So many things to say about hot, right? I think you gotta like what you said is like to paint the you do have to kind of like paint a little bit more of what was going on in time. Like this is when death row had fell apart. So the West was the West was falling apart. Snoop wasn't in Snoop wasn't Snoop no more, like the same level. Pac was gone, death row was like wasn't dropping like they used to. This is remember, this is 98. So DMX dropped both those albums. Jay-Z dropped Hard Knock Life a few months before uh, this came up, before uh, uh, 400 Degrees dropped, right? The only Southern artist that was still putting out quality work and doing well was probably Outkast, because it's the same year they dropped the Quimini. So most like what you said, it was, it was Northern people bringing the rap back to them. DMX is, uh, Rule was starting to come out for like the 99, 2000 era, shit like that. So. It's really big for juveniles to put out huh and to get the reception that it got. Um, I love this song so much. So I was I was trying to find like interviews of him talking about it. And one thing he said was he was trying, it was supposed to be a poem. And that's why it ends like that. It's supposed to read like it's a poem. And he was like, I was just trying to rhyme away 
where nobody was rhyming. So I was using that and posing it as questions. So the whole song was about like him questioning the people who say they hustling and making money and big time. Like, you really big time, but you got child support, huh? Da 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 da, huh? How are you? Like, and I, I, that is, this is genius. This is like the shit that they give Leonard da Vinci credit for for drawing that white woman. The credit he gets <laughs> for drawing juvenile, <laughs> juvenile needs that credit for this because this is. I'm not even like gassing it. This is literally a work of art. Um, yes. It is so creative. Like Ryan said, to ask those questions, to rhyme the same rhyming, the same rhyme pattern, and you're telling a story about where you're from because you're questioning someone, you're, you're questioning individuals. Not like you're just questioning the world, you're questioning people in your hood. Like you got that around you, how? You, he's questioning people in his yeah. community. Right, and, and he's also and telling a story. He's telling a story only by asking questions. Yeah, yeah, and painting a picture for you while what? just fucking asking questions. Now, to 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 fact check to fact check Ryan, I did look up the uh, the release date for both uh, Han as well as the uh, the previous the uh, the Hot Boy song that you mentioned. We on fire. So they were released a year apart. We on okay. fire was released in 1997, and uh, Han was released in 1998. However, knowing the box, they usually run off of fundraising at the time. They were kind of like these local radio stations that are ran off of like more independent companies or just like somebody, <laughs> literally a family, and they needed donations in order for them to continue to run. I remember that because I was watching the box, and I actually found out about this song through the box. So. They probably had this video and many other hot boys in rotation because first things first, the Miami, uh, the oh, excuse me, the box was actually based out of Miami, which is, of course, a southern state. Um, even though mm -hmm. Miami is still a place that was ran by mainly like Miami based at the time, that was the most popular thing, you know, like the, the fact that they were getting like all of these kinds of music ranging from rock and roll to the hot boys, like that, that helped. The whole scene of Miami listened to different music as well as the entire nation who was able to get the box. So yeah, this song was probably in rotation. To uh, I don't think nobody has been able to to follow up with this rhyme pattern that Juvie has been able to do throughout this entire song. And I don't think nobody will be able to do that unless you're trying to perfectly pull this shit off. And even if you perfectly quote unquote pull this shit off, nobody's gonna fuck with it because it's not like the original like that it, nothing's gonna beat the original the time that it came out the video the visuals like it was yeah. something completely different at the time especially just due to the fact that it was just some independent uh, uh company that was coming out of uh fucking <laughs> new orleans like it's it's crazy this song was so fucking hard and it just it just came through my mind i remember watching this like when i was at my cousin's house with the same cousin that had like no limit shit like I would just sit in her room and just like just watch this fucking video as well as others. And like this was the one that kind of stood out and made juvenile somebody to look at, you know, as he continued his career moving forward. This is definitely a classic, and I agree with what Ahmad says. This shit is art. Hell yeah, yo, definitely. Definitely. And you know, I'm reminded I cannot remember the Eminem lyric exactly. 
I don't remember which album it was from. It might be the Eminem show, because that's when he was really flexing his lyricism. But I remember Eminem said some shit along the lines of, don't bite my style, because you'll just sound stupid if you do it. And yo, that's juvenile. Like, juvenile yeah. all of the way. Yeah. Nobody can pull off with juvenile. Like, yeah. you can't do it, bro. Yeah. I think, I, I think as we continue, even though, like, of course, the biggest single off of this album kind of solidified his legacy. I do think that it takes sometimes it takes away from the talent that he's actually been able to do with other singles like her. I will say that. Because yeah. he's a good ass spitter outside of being a really good, like, just rapper for like bounce shit. So. I think this is one of those songs that made like the rap purists who uh, who understand the creativity of rap to appreciate some southern rappers. I think that's why people like Jay Z was like, all right, I fuck with it. Yeah. Like that, what he did was creative. Because I think if you make if you rap and you understand like how difficult it is and how creative that is, you got to like give him his props. And this was one of those songs where. This is before Back to the Ass Up. So this is one of those songs where it became big. I remember Juvenile was saying like, he wasn't, he came to New York when Ha had dropped and nobody was really, nobody, nobody knew who he was. Mind you, he was rich from before this. Cash Money was rich before the deal. Yeah. That's why they think it was able to keep turning away all of those deals to get the right one. So he said he came to New York and no one, no, no one recognized him. No one said nothing to him. And he said, in New Orleans, man, they going crazy for me. I came to New York, ain't nobody know me. He says when I came back home, he had heard that um, Jay Z was getting on the record, and he came back to New York and it was crazy. He said Flex was playing it. He said he went to the tunnel, everything, and the whole everything, the whole atmosphere changed because Flex started playing it. And to be honest, Flex had a kind of power. Once Flex started playing your records back in the day, man, it's a wrap. You yeah. taking off? Why is that? Because I was a backpacker. Really I was listening to all the New York music too. I was listening to everything. So I think I think you probably didn't I think you probably didn't realize the the, the artist the art the artist form and doing huh because I it really was a poem I was trying to do something different just be different from everybody else and, uh, yeah. and remind you this is before back back to that up made him a billboard hit I think high made him a outside of New Orleans outside of like the, the small bubble people who appreciate rap different places so accepting all right Vance Great. next up. What's your really? second one? I mean, shit, if you're going to have Han. Oh, also, shout out to the remixes. Those were hard, and they had Jay-Z on it. Okay, so back to the, uh, my selection. My next one had to be Back That Ass Up. Come on, man. I'm a DJ. I play this shit all the time. <laughs> it's very cliche, but let's come on. Let's keep it funky. Like, the first time I heard this song, same things, same way as I saw Han. I saw it at my cousin Nicole, uh, Nicole's house. Nicole. Shout out to you, Cousin Marie. Shout out to you. You got me all into the dope shit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, at this time, hormones were jumping, and I didn't really know what hormones were because I was like, damn, that's a lot of that. I don't know what's going on in this video, but, damn, this shit crazy, and this beat hard. That beat is hard. It, it's it's a reincarnation of, of New Orleans bounce music, something that has already been, like, buzzing in the New Orleans scene thanks to the Trigger Man's breakbeat. Um, you also like it's it's a really good party song. There's so many moments that like I personally remembered with just this song, and I and that's just me. There's millions of us out in this motherfucking world that remember this song and remember 
the 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 intro, the intricate intro with the classical beginning, and then all of a sudden that that first dun dun, and then all of a sudden everybody lose their shit. Remember at a party, a, a get together, a kickback. It's just it's a it's a monumental song in history, and I feel like most of the even though of course it it's a it's a song that you know gets ass shaking. Like it's it's one of those anchor songs that helped Cash Money become the empire that it is today. Cause at least they had some type of structure based off of what actually hits on the national scene. You know, um after huh, of course, back that ass up. You know, and it was just phenomenal. And it was one of those songs, like if you listen to the drums of it, yeah, it is everything that that's bounce music. But I was thinking along the lines of how do I get bounce music to everybody how do i get it to old white ladies where they're gonna be like oh shit i love this song and i was i was like okay i know how to get it in a club but how do i just stretch it across everywhere and at the time i think i was i don't know um listening to it might have been a box song like Johann Sebastian Bach or something. And I was just like, shit, classical music. <laughs> I'm like, if I put some classical music on top of it, <laughs> I'm like, I can't lose. Like I'm thinking like, and and I remember like we sitting in the studio and we just like, um, 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 you know, and somebody walk in there, and this was before I played the drum loop. You know, I was just on a keyboard kind of coming up with something and everybody came in the studio was like oh shit he tripping like they was just like this is it this the end <laughs> like i remember juvenile going dude like what are you doing like are you i was like dude it's gonna work i'm like but because i'm like we really can't sell this song as just like drums i'm like it's not gonna work you know and when the crazy thing is the string line to it came from a ugk song the UGK song is um I, I want to say it's the policeman or your friend or some shit like that. It's that da 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 da. And I remember like I was like bun, call pimp, ask pimp, can I use just the line that's in that song? I'm like I'm gonna put some other stuff around it. And he was like, oh man, cool, cool. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, that's the line that gotta go through the song. Like that's gonna be the driving, um you know force of the song or whatever. And he was just like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, he had no idea that it would be that big, you know. But I was already thinking, like, this is going to be a huge song. Because uh, I'm like, long as we need, like. Yeah, it's interesting, though, right? Because it's crazy that Juvenile's biggest song was a song that he didn't even want to make. Yeah. He, he, he said, like, I was not interested in doing this. Because he said, I, my whole, when I was a teenager, I did bounce all the time. Um, and I think he said one of the things that pushing the dude was like Manny Fresh, like because man, he said Manny Fresh would like challenge the rappers and like change the beat and make the beat harder and try to make it more complex and add certain layers to it, try to make it hard for them to rap on and stuff like that. And uh, he just kept pushing him to make the song and make the song. I think also, we I don't think Lil Wayne's appreciated enough for his contributions to hip hop, okay. Mm -hmm. He was what, 16, 17 on his song? Had to be, right? Had to be. 16, 17, because I remember I saw a video when he was in 98 at, at the Source Awards, and he said, I'm, he said he was 16, so he was 16, 15. So he was like 16, 17, yeah. making that song. One of the biggest songs in the history of Cash Money at the time. The song that solidified Cash Money in a lot of ways. Because once they had this song, the next album, the next project, 
was Chopper City, which had bling bling. Yeah. Right? That's the follow up to 400 degrees. And then you had Get Your Roll On, the follow up to yep. bling bling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was like a, once they had this one song, um, it really just kicked down the door and it kept going. And here we are 30 years later. Say what you want about Drake. He's the biggest rapper in the game. And again, Lil Wayne has put out fire verses this year. Nicki Minaj can be annoying as all hell, but they she still people still rock with it. Yeah, yeah, they have built a legacy. I'm gonna talk about this later, so let me not get into the cash money legacy. But this album is phenomenal. It is a perfect record. It's gonna get played forever. Juvenile yeah. still tours of it. I'm happy he does. Yes. Um, I love that cat that. Manny Fresh was changed. He he brought bounce music to the masses, uh, which I think was probably something he probably loved. Just mm-hmm. opened up the world to, to music that he probably grew up on. Um, yeah. What's up? What did you think end- about? Go ahead, man. I was gonna say on the anniversary of this uh, of this 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 album, or excuse me, not this album, but this song released and the single released in. Um, recently, I think Juvenile or Manny Fresh actually had a classical orchestra like orchestra perform yeah. the, the beat and the song which is crazy that's like that's some legendary yeah. shit off of this single something that at one point some niggas won't even take that serious just like oh it's a bad song to back that ass up but like now it's like it's a legendary song we we can't take this song away yo it's an amazing it's a it's a negro spiritual <laughs> like you know how hard it is to make it to that level where where generations after generations they know your shit. It's a very very few songs. Mm-hmm. What's what's the black people national anthem? Sing, lift every voice and sing. Yeah. I lift every voice. So it's that. It's it's uh Frankie Beverly and Maze. Frankie Beverly, <laughs> for sure. It's true. It's James Brown, I feel good. It's it's not the, many. It's, it's not boys many. to the men. Boys, boys to men for sure. Boys How to good the men. Uh, yo, it's boys to men. End of the road. To the end of the road. <laughs> and then it's back that ass up, my nigga. What? How do you get that shit up in there? Yo, it's so uh, you know in all that we experience as black people in America, we have such a great value for just kicking back, relaxing and enjoying ourselves, man. Yo, but we're back that ass up. It's such a fun song, everything about it. The introduction is so... Your bad jam, make a nigga spend his cash in His last hand, hold fire with your passion They mad jam, you can ride in the jacket With that hand, you can smoke a your bag A grass hand, got money, I can pass it And trash it, I'm a big time nigga, yeah Pull the trigger, yeah I play a hater, flip a yeah Go ahead, fill it, yeah I be slangin' wood, yeah Out the hood, yeah Let it be understood, yeah It's all good, yeah Got a nigga swimming large, yeah On the hard, yeah A smooth little broad, yeah I'm on the drugs, yeah I'm do a trick, yeah
Right. It's just so silly. Then a beat drop and it's just so goofy and it's so great to just relax and have a good time. And it's the perfect party song, you know? I think that like, I think that subconsciously what's appreciated the most is the authenticity of Juvenile's nonchalant cadence with the with the song. Because like you said, Amai, he didn't want to make the song anyway. It just came out, it just flowed out. And that's usually what makes it perfect, right? Because very rarely do you, when you force it, it never works. When you force mm -hmm. it, it never works. When you intentionally try to do something, it barely works. But usually if you just kick, put it out, let it flow, let it rock, you get the best results. And I mean, that's the reality with Back That Ass Up, Back That Thing Up. We all love it. It's a fun song. It's a great song. Manny Fresh's verse is just so goofy and silly. Then mm -hmm. land it, see your drills handed. And he's a goofy, silly looking person yeah, anyway. Yeah. Throughout so. this entire album he is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then uh, Wayne's Wayne's low spot at the end of the joint. Yeah, it's so yeah. it's the perfect. It's like the cherry on top of the ice cream. It's the mm -hmm. perfect way to end that joint. You end it on a good vibe. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was definitely that. And um, you know, it's all about balance. Life is all about balance. You know, earlier when we were talking about how when we were talking about the album itself, I talked about how that down south gangster music had made a resurgence and gained a new sound. And to balance out that down south gangster music, it was great to have back that thing up. I need a yeah. hot girl. Songs where you can just relax and have a good time and just be goofy with that, you know? And it really, really worked. It really worked, yo. Like Cash, that album represents just like the first of many, many great, great cash al cash money albums. And uh, Juvenile did an excellent job with his verses. Manny did an excellent job. I mean, it's a Negro spiritual because <laughs> it perfected all of the pieces of us that we love. Yeah. Yeah. I also like the, just a side note, I also like the fact that like, as a DJ and as a spectator, when you're at a party, the fucking the looks on people's faces when you just first hear like the, the, the beginning of the song and the buildup and everybody just slowly take their fucking jacket off, put their shit down, be like, all right, let me get this drag, all right, let me take this shit. And as soon as that shit drop, you better hit the dance floor. Otherwise you're gonna miss all kinds of ass like just twerking on the dance floor. And it, it's, it's crazy. It's a beautiful thing. It is art. You know what I'm saying? Like, like just like we said about Han, like this is just art and it creates art in a nightclub. It's beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Right, Vance, Vance, what's, Vance, what's your next one? This is your dang, I lost my count. Oh no, 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 no. It's your turn. It's your go. It was my turn. No, Ryan didn't pick nothing. It's Ryan's turn. Wait, no, I chose I continue back that up. Vance picked that. Yeah, I chose back that ass up. It's your go. And oh, my, oh, I was gonna pick back that ass up. Oh, okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. All right, for me. Oh, gang, gang, we Yeah. For me, it's uh, ghetto children. Mm. 
Oh, that's what I was going to pick, too. I was going to mention that one. That shit fly, bro. Yeah. yeah I know I love them sad nigga raps about how bad the world is. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know what I'm talking about. He's talking sad about, like, nigga con- raps. What the fuck? He talking about, you know, gun violence. He's talking about uh, shit that he even seen, how cruddy the hood can be, uh, how, you know, you know, money don't always solve all the issues. Hustling might not be worth it. Um, I thought it was good, man. I think it's a, it's a great balance to the album. I think it's important where... One thing about New Orleans rappers, yo, they give you both sides of what's going on. I don't know how all of them do it, but they can have fun with the second line, but then they go back and say, man, the project is crazy. It's hype. The niggas is grimy. They cruddy and they da 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 da. And I, I, I thought it was dope. I thought it added a lot of balance to the album. I thought the beat was perfect for it. Another bird, it's another example of him kind of like harmonizing on the hook that she was talking about earlier. Now I'm on some shit again. Leave a nigga stranded like Gilligan. Hundred G's I'm considering. Next sit for a million. Catch a nigga, I'm killing them. They slump, but I ain't feeling them. My jacket pumping during them. Super C is numerary. Finding the full slippery. Juvenile is different. Look at what I did to them. Niggas wearing Reeboks instead of Nikes and Timberlands. Bitch niggas, I be tipping them. My Mac 9 be flipping them. Some of these niggas be trying to run G, so I be jipping them. They would do the same to me. Niggas ain't no family. Shit is all a game to me, but nobody gon' handle me. 400 degrees, toting guns, running for these. The one that we need, more money one could receive. Nigga wanna get with the stripes. I'ma put it up in his life. Never should have fucking me right. Why you keep ducking me shite? I'ma knock your head off. Nigga trying to get to you, fuck trying to play it off. You made the beat, nigga, so why'd you scared? If you mind your fucking business, then your life will be spared. I can't see it. Nigga try to make me out of bitch, I can't be. This is like one of my personal favorite songs. Like I love songs where it got like some substance to it, like the storyline to it. Like I'm going through that, and, I, and uh, yeah, I really, I really, really like this song. Yeah. I, I like when that. rappers can sh- show diversity in their subject matter. I like the production yeah. in this song. Like, like it's just uh, the production is like just solid because he's talking about these dark and and grim subjects, but at the same time. He's able to kind of have this this fly production over it. It's just it 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 it, it goes back to like one of the, one album that we reviewed in the past, and I talked about how like the it was able to kind of give you the current shit that he you know that the person is in, but then still provide some some sense of hope. You know what I'm saying with a certain course. I think it was the Danny Brown one, and it was with mm-hmm. my crush. Uh, but at the same time, like. Um, this this song is like that. Like you hear Juvie talking about this raw shit and you know hustling, trying to make that dollar, make that living. But at the same time, this beat is just that hope in the back of his head. Until then, I'm gonna keep hustling. You know what I'm saying? And I I, I love how he was able to kind of still give you these raw angles without needing the beat to match that that demeanor. And I love the the fact that he's able to contrast off of songs like this. It's kind of like rodeo. Like rodeo, you hear you hear this this dope ass beat, man. That that beat is hard as fuck, and it's screwed. Like that was when screwed was like mainstream for a second in the mid two thousands. But you had that shit, and then you just had him talking about like like you know like the 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 strip club lifestyle. You know, kind of like what goes on in P Valley, except for not as you know as crazy. Uh, 
like it's it's it's, it's crazy. It, I I respect him as a as more of a storyteller now. Just going through this album and songs like this kind of shows you what 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 artist he is. He's not just like a rapper. You can't just put Juvie in like one box. He's he's more of an artist. And he gets deeper as these years go on. But just to start with this, or uh, for this to be his third album and do this, like, yo, it was good. Good. Mm. Uh, Ryan, what you think before we get to the last songs? And you got to take into account, Homeboy was like 22, 23 maybe when this happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and for me, it goes back to the Black Genius thing for me. Because, I mean, like, it takes a lot of intelligence to be able to do that type of stuff, you know? And um, a sidebar, there's this interview Birdman and Juvie did outside the tunnel. And Birdman talking about he's 24 years old, nigga. You, you had nobody fool. Who you think he was fool? <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. You think he was lying? Cool. Probably. He's not. He was not that old back then because that's how old Juvenile was back then. Mm. Well, yeah, let's see. That's a good question. I do. I'm gonna look it out while you talk. I do but know. No, but no. Was like on the topic of sort of on the topic of ghetto children, because that was also one of the songs that I had chosen, ghetto children. And like for me, I was a lot. You know, Ahmad and I were brothers and shit, and it's so crazy. We think so much alike. That's so wild to me. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing about ghetto children. A lot of the same thing. I love when artists share a piece of themselves in their art that's the reason why I'm such a big um that's the reason why I'm such a big fan of the games album the documentary because it's so amazing for him to share a piece of himself in his music and that's what I love about that album and like ghetto children is juvie sharing the politicized side of being in the hood, being in the ghetto, living in the projects, stuff like that. And that very last part where he says, until then, I'm gonna be da 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 Because ultimately, we all have aspirations and we are all working our asses off to get out of our situation. But until we get to that point, until then, <laughs> brother, we maintain it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Until then, right. doing what we need to do in order to get where we need to go. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, Facts. yeah, definitely, man. So I looked it up. Birdman was 29 and 98. Loud ass nigga. <laughs> what you <laughs> saw that I'm not tripping, right? So that was your night. I saw that, but I thought that was 98. So maybe it was 98, 97. Maybe it was recorded 97. Mm. Maybe he said 28, but he meant 29. Or vice versa. No, he said he was 24. <laughs> he said he was, he said he was 24. Are you sure you said that? I thought you said he was 28. Yo, he said uh, juvenile right. was he said juvenile was like 18 and 19 and juvie <laughs> looked at him crazy. Was and shit. Nah, or, it's, it's or maybe no, nah, I saw that. I, I did see that. I did see that. It, it definitely said 98. I could have swore to God the host might even said it like two, three times. So I don't know sure why why he took four or five years off his date of birth, but it's fine. <laughs> Yo, nigga knocked off five years. <laughs> All right, we're down to our last three. Uh, Ryan, you get to go first. What's one of your your, your uh, brother? Ghetto man? Children was my third one. Dang, so you ain't got no more. All right, uh, well, I, I actually did four. I did, I did. Welcome to the Noia. I did. Welcome to Anoya. Hi. I agreed with Back That Ass Up, and then Ghetto Children was my third one. All right, bet. I got you. Good, Yeah, good, but good. we was on 
same wavelength with with that joint. We we could always we could push this to later on, but we could talk about juvenile. I mean Jay Z's uh, appearance on Ha. Huh? That was we are we gonna we gonna we gonna talk impact of the album in general after we get through our, uh, our song selections. Okay, Vance, you got any more before I get to my last one? Did we get to the impacts and everything else that goes with that? Um, I think I like rich niggas. I think that's the mm. one that has like the um, let me see. Oh, UPT. I like that one because it showcases uh, what you call it? Uh, um, young Lil Wayne. Yes, both Young Lil Wayne as well as, you know, also the Big Thomas and the Hot Boys all together. It was a good group cut to kind of showcase all of them, even though they were kind of the same niggas. <laughs> they were the only few group group of people who were actually in, you know, cash money at the time because they kind of cleaned out from their original uh, uh, lineup of artists to only have the Hot Boys. So that was a really good track to actually be able to show like the dark and grittier side of the NOLA and also like I don't know who had a whole I think it was Wayne but somebody had a group a grimy ass verse right in the middle of the song so yeah yeah um UPT will be my last one I really so what I like about UPT is uh, it was so it's the big Thomas it's juvenile and hot boys even juvenile was a part of hot boys so it's like seven people and he was able to get creative and give them like Juvenile didn't rap towards the end, until the end of the song. Yeah, you just hear Baby with his trash ass verses, and then you heard BG, and then you get some uh, a lot of BG verses, and then you get Wayne coming, and then you get a Turk, and then you see Juvenile and BG close it out. I always thought BG had star quality. I think his demons kept him from like ascending to what he should have been. BG should have been just as big as Wayne and Juvenile. Yeah. If you ask me. Yeah, um, that's facts. And um, I think I think his his his. I mean, I hope we cover I hope we cover Tropic City when we come across it at the right time, so we go back and revisit it. But uh, BG was he was the first one from Cash Money to get really big, even locally. Like even though Juvenile was big for other stuff, like coming to the Cash Money, BG was putting out stuff. For, he was 14. Mm. But I like the song UPT. Um, it's a great posse record, which I always like. I'm a big fan of posse records, and it's a lot of fun. Um, Ryan, how you feel about the record? About the UTP record? Yeah. Yeah, man. I felt like it was definitely, like, their version of, like, a posse cut where, like, all the New York niggas would always have like one song where they just showing how nice they are on the microphone and shit. And I feel like this was their version of that joint where they was all just, except for Birdman. Why that nigga showed up, I don't know. <laughs> they probably was sitting in that bitch like, oh God, here he go. <laughs> but outside from that though, yeah, man, you can hear the chemistry that they all had being together, working together. And I think also that like, that is what contributes a lot to how great the Guerrilla Warfare album is. Like these guys genuinely had musical chemistry that would bounce off of each other versus artists just being featured on a track. Yeah, also, I agree. Oh. Go ahead, Vance. Also like uh, the beat too. Once again, um, Cash Money thrived off of kind of tweaking and modifying the New Orleans bounce sound 
to make it different, but still with that structure at hand. So when you listen to UPT, even though it has much more of a country rap feel, you can kind of still see the, the elements of bounce music into it. Um, it's a much more flowy type of feel to the beat, but it all, it's, a, it's a slowed down version of, of bounce music in some way. It, it Just without the snares and without the bass, it still has those elements. It still has that bounce to it to still get you moving, even though they're rapping about like gangster ass shit. Um, I also agree with what you say as well about how like DG is definitely underrated because like I remember in the 2000s when he was doing his own thing, like he was starting to make his own his own rounds. I, like didn't he have his own videos too at one point? Like independent yeah. wise. Bling Bing Bling Bling was his single featuring uh, Cash Money. Everybody was, else was on. Yeah. But without, yeah. but without, I'm talking about without Cash Money because then he yeah, leave he Cash had some more joints. He had some yeah. other joints, but. Again, I think he had a he had a big drug problem and mm. niggas like Cash Money wasn't really helping them. It's like that well documented. That they yeah, yeah. Really they was helping. Yeah, they, they didn't helping. care. Yeah, he was on it bad and he didn't really care. So yeah, I mean now he arrested. Hopefully when he come back, he because he was actually like building up his underground buzz game and I think he would have been successful without Cash Money. Yeah, um, just the way people really rock with him. Um, last song, and I'm surprised no one picked this. Sidebar, I just want to throw this out there. I read some interview, nigga. Turk was talking about how him and BG used to shoot heroin together before they would have sex with a girl because it would give them all this extra energy or whatever. What the fuck? And yeah, he, they called it down in, so in New Orleans, they called it the dope dick. And in high... He said, and high juvenile says, you go out, you about to go put the dope dick on one of these hoes, huh? He say that. And Turk said him and they used to get high and then go hit the dope. They called it dope dick when they would hit the girl. And I remember yeah. thinking to myself, nigga, you did what? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yo, BG had a bad, like it's well documented. He only overdosed on heroin before all that shit. Like they it's... catch money didn't give no fucks at all. I just Long remember thinking, made the song. my nigga, I remember thinking, where did you find a woman who was going to have sex with a nigga that's not known? That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Lord. the last song, and I'm surprised I didn't pick this, is 400 Degrees. Mm-hmm. This is probably mm-hmm. one of the best mm-hmm. songs on here. Mm-hmm. First of all, Juvenile didn't give no fucks. It was the, the intro was four or five seconds and he immediately jumped in rapping. He was a couple times in the album, but he really did it. This song is all bars. You know, he's, he's rapping, rapping. Like he's, this is Juvenile in his bag. And I think it's a great way to, if you look at songs like High and Ghetto Children and uh, what he did on, uh, what's the other song we talked about where he did a crazy verse switch? Um, no, going around with me. Yeah, Welcome to Yenolia. Just how he, at almost every song, he's trying to bring a different flow and challenge himself to rap differently. I think that's really cool, especially when you consider that Cash Money was putting out albums every six months. So, I mean, they was producing, they was cranking out at a high volume. And the fact that this was so amazing, um, I think this is probably one of their favorite songs. This is a classic beat, if you ask me. Um, the universal vocoder voice thing niggas was on back in the day that Pac and them was doing when we saw sampling Roger Troutman was on there. Uh, it's a great song, though. And um, 
It should have been a single. Mm. I feel For like sure. I, 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 I dig this song, and I'm listening to it now. I dig this song. I wish that it was put a little bit earlier because by the time I got to the end of the album, like, first of all, because I got Spotify, they don't have the Jay-Z version. Because obviously it's a Jay-Z song that ain't only made moved it over the title. But um I do like this song. I like the I like the fact that like you said, he provides just straight up bars. I like the synth out chorus. That shit is pretty fire. It it felt like um it felt it was one song from like I think the, the late 90s or 2000s, like open your eyes. Look with you, something that you can see. I, I'm just too full for it. I forgot what that song is. It might be crew, it might be Queen. I don't know, but like it seems like it's not Bone Thugs looking to my eyes, is it? I don't think so. Nah, nah, nah. That's a that's a different yo, that's a different trip. I, I can't wait till we do a Bone Thugs song. Oh. Me neither, my niggas. <laughs> Me neither. So journey. Like it's just it's just different and weird, and I I like that shit in the production. And once again, produced by Manny Fresh. This shit is like, yo, he he, and on also the bells and shit. Like, yeah, this was a song. I wish it was done a little bit earlier because there was one song where the dude where he was talking about like beating the chick up, and I was like, all right, nigga, you tripping? I got I got kind of take it. <laughs> I got to take a break from you. You know what I'm saying? But like, if this song was put you know, in the higher areas, you know what I'm saying? I would have fucked with it, too. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, now we get to the fun part. Talking about the overall impact of the album, whatever the impact, if it had an impact, um, and uh, how does it, how did it stand the test of time? When it came out, um, I'm trying to see the reviews for it. I feel like it was it was somewhat slept on, um, but I think since the South supported him so well that it still did numbers. So that, I mean, back then that really meant a lot. You can make a lot of records, move units. Um, um, personally, personal opinion, I like Soldier Rags better. I felt like he was rapping better on there than he was on here. Um, he didn't have the highs, but he did have put the soldier eggs on down, shit like that. I thought it was really cool. Um, I think this is the album. This is the critical album. This is the album that put Cash Money um, on a platform. Uh, this is like the foundational record that took them from an underground record label to the juggernaut. Once they saw that they can make back that ass up, and they start saying, let's crank them joints out. It worked. And then he started doing stuff with Rough Riders and Torn and shit like that. And um, yeah, man, I, I think it's, it's it's one of the best hip hop albums ever, just based on the impact and what did it did for the game. And it had music for solid too. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put that on it. I'm willing to put it that far up there. Let's also, let's also consider the, 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 the cover to be history because now you're starting to see people kind of make merchandise like and also um graphics based off of like the original uh no limit and of course the um pen and pixel yeah yeah and those, pixel, those yeah. type of flyers and stuff showing up like now that's kind of like the hot thing now the hot trend because it's vintage um i feel like 
uh, aside from like the aesthetic of the album, I, I also kind of saw that as well. I was like, of course, this is like a late nineties, early two thousands type of cover, you know, but it's still hard as fuck. And it still makes you want to go check out the album, no matter how crazy it is, you know, to the eyes. But um, I just also wanted to mention that aside from like the music, the music alone, um, as somebody that made me listen to the singles off of this album, actually taking a dive into it, um, it made me respect Juvenile much more. Um, and also the timing of it was important as well. Like this was around a time where uh, we didn't have blogs, of course. Uh, the internet was still something that, you know, people were weird as fuck for actually using. <laughs> and the yeah. only way that you can actually be able to listen to, you know, listen to music is either through a CD, a vinyl, if you still had one, cassette, or um, watching music videos, you know what I'm saying? And like, to be a child just living through that and being able to, to watch the singles alone made me respect Juvenile as a kid and made me interested in seeing how his career progressed and to look at his his career entirely from him moving from cash money over to i forgot the next label that he worked with but i do know that um his 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 album in the 2000s i think it's juve the great that was a hard-ass album and that was like that was underrated in some cases as well it was through cash money like in utp like i think that was when he was trying to expand and do his own thing um, I feel like even though we mainly look at Juvenile for back that ass up, I say I do believe that we still need to give him uh, a, a deep dive into his album. Definitely, definitely. I know for me, 400 Degrees was a really, really great album, was a really, really good album. And I just remember thinking, I remember going to the flea market and paying $5 and buying the bootleg copy of the G-Code because for me, that was probably Juvenile's best album. And I think part of it is nostalgia as well. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely love the G-Code album. I feel like Manny Fresh was on his A-game production-wise. Um, Juvie went back to that to that cadence of, of challenging himself to, so what you, what, what you understand. It was such a catchy song. And it was so, I would imagine for adults at that time, it was annoying as shit. Because as a kid, I remember running around saying, you understand, right, you understand, you understand. But outside of that song, though, the album is really, really hot. Him and BG got a song called Catch a Cut. They got another song called uh, Fuck Them Niggas. <laughs> G-Code with, with the title track guitar too below Wayne. Yeah, with him and Lil Wayne. That was when I was like, yo, this nigga Wayne is nice. Yeah. When I heard that track, I was like, yo, this shit is wow. It's crazy. And he got the song. And he got, uh, I remember the hook, Magnolia. Strange. Oh, remember that song? So yeah, that's hard. Where you from, motherfucker? Where you from? <laughs> he had a great three album run. Soldier Rags. Yes. Um, I mean, Project English was not a great album. It was decent. He had set it off, which was a big record. But I think these three, Soldier Rags, 400 Degrees, and G-Code are really great albums. Like, like phenomenal. <laughs> great Southern historic rap albums that I think people don't appreciate, especially on the larger realm of Southern hip hop. 
were you about to say, Vance? I was, I was, I, I had a weird thought. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had a weird thought. I like New Orleans alone. When you look at New Orleans alone, it's a city of music. It's actually one of my favorite cities to go to. I've been there twice. The Boo Boo Project. First time pulled this. Never mind. I'll take that back. <laughs> uh, I went there for Buku Project to cover it. That's how I knew. Uh, I told you last week I met Eastside Rocky. And then um, I came back for NABJ. And um, just every time I go to the city, not only you get just a sense of the culture, you feel you feel different. Not even on Bourbon Street. Just like when you're going through like the normal areas. you just It just feels different. And the soul and the music is there. And like the when you listen to like the history and like how how this 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 culture developed and kind of became a a national phenom uh, phenomenon, but still roots itself towards the the, the racist struggles that you know we as a people had to go through, especially in the state of Louisiana. Um, to see somebody like Juvenile kind of be kind of come up through the culture of New Orleans at a time where things were being created and to become one of the artists to actually break the mold would back that ass up, but then still have a solid album with hard ass raps, gangster shit, and just uplifting shit to kind of follow up. Like this, 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 this album is, is history, man. Like, and I'm glad that I, I'm kind of glad I chose this album because I had a really hard decision between the other ones. Like, like, cause Yo, that goodie mob shit, bro. Fuck. <laughs> like, I, first time I heard that shit, and I was like, oh shit, this is a tough one. But like to actually go back and listen to this album, at first I thought it just didn't it the first listen I did because of the things I heard. Oh, what were you gonna say, Ryan? Oh no, I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. Um, but just like listening to everything like this, this album is history, man. And is is linked to New Orleans history and, and culture history as well. And uh man, like I always say this shit, but I think I really mean this shit, yo. Like give juvenile his respect outside of back that ass up. Like, of course it's a great single, it's a great party single. We remember him for that. We remember him for singles like ah, and like I say, rodeo. But like we need to look at him the way that you know we look at other rappers like you know, like like how I look at Juicy J or like how you look at UGK or like how people look at Jay-Z. I think that's the best note to close it on, man. That's just a great point. Um, it was great revisiting such a great album, such a had such a fun album. Um, much as always, appreciation to my man Vance for just going on this journey with me. It's, it's, it's fun going back and revisiting such these fun, fantastic albums every single week. Big ups to my brother, Ryan. Uh, much of my music love and everything that I got for music comes from sneaking in your room and listening to your CDs as a kid. And shout out to all the listeners, all the supporters, all the other fans base that we built up in these past few weeks. Please continue to like, subscribe, comment, share, pull our card. If we bullshitting on an album, let us know. If we love an album that you love, let us know. If you want to go over an album that you love and want to join us, Please feel free to chime in. We always want our, our people to have this community space with us. Uh, yeah. So, peace. See y'all next week.